Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your housekeeper, C. Blakesley, and today we're going to be talking about the films Miracles from Heaven, Alyssa Wants to Know, and we're also going to be talking to Naeem about her visit at Blue Sky Studios. Right now... We are going to be talking about Zootopia, holding a whopping 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's about an adorable bunny becoming a cop. And speaking of adorable bunnies, we have with us Abigail talking about the film. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Abigail. Thank you. It's great for you to have me today. Now, I am so surprised, because I was going to, I saw the trailer for this film, and I thought, it's not going to be good. I will be honest, I didn't think it was going to be, I was going to like it. But after watching it, oh my word, is it phenomenal. So, Abigail, what were your thoughts on the film? Actually, that was a great question, Kiefer. My thoughts were that the main character is Judy Hopps, and I thought that it had a lot of heart, and my favorite scene was when Nick Wilde, played by Jason Bateman, pretends that he's a fake son with his fake birthday, and Judy Hopps comes to the aid of Nick and buys a big, fat jumbo popsicle, and it was just all a scam to make money. So, I thought that was really funny and that was very very mischief of him so the sly fox that's what i call him no the sly fox jason bateman was hilarious as the role and without of course getting too into depth i feel like the message for this film was i would say it wasn't an easy message to convey and i felt like that i understand why they chose animals for this film i'm thinking like what's okay with some jokes and some comedy. I mean, what's the point? I mean, I, there, was, there was some clever stuff, but I didn't think the story was going to work. But watching it, political commentary, without getting too much into it, is mind-blowing for a Disney film. But So what do you think about this message in this film? Well, the message of this film is to try everything and believe in yourself. Perseverance. That's what it's mainly about. And in the song at the end, Try Everything, performed by Shakira, she she sings Try Everything, and it means, like, believe in yourself, and people think you're too big or too small. If you're a girl, if you're a boy, always believe in yourself. So I think that's really important to me. So I really love it. Totally agree. Also, I wanted to see if we can talk about the amazing animation. It looks beautiful. What did you think? It was just like cartoons. It was, the scenery was amazing. The voices perfectly matched the characters. I think my favorite character is Jason Bate. And my other favorite character is Judy Hopps, voiced by Jennifer Goodwin. And the animation was so amazing and so first class that I like, I jumped out and my eyes popped out of my head. So it was really funny. Definitely. Now, I, I mentioned this on the show before, but I just, I love this fact. Rendering the animation for this took a long time to render this animation. And, fun fact, Judy Hopps, her character has more individual animated hairs on her than all of the Frozen characters combined. That shows how top-notch the animation has gone far for Disney. And another thing is fascinating is... Zootopia itself? That is so clever to have the different areas of, like, there's a frozen tundra, there's a desert, there's a jungle. I mean, all in one city to show how connected this world is. And it's just very clever and hilarious. Speaking of hilarious, what did you think about the comedy in this film? Well, great question. It was hilarious, and it felt like a real wor- world to me. This film, yeah, it was actually really, really funny. It actually, even animals walk up right on two feet, interact with each other, wear pants, and, like, have jobs, live in houses, drive cars. Wow, it's like, oh my, it's a lot. <laughs> it's really funny. I love it. Totally agreed. I feel like a lot of the, especially DMV sloths, we have to mention that. Oh my word, please. I want a sloth. They're so adorable and so hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. Like, flash, 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 100 yard dash. That's really, I really like how the writers make that thing up. I love it. I, I keep saying that to myself flash, flash, 100 yard dash. And I actually interviewed the writer. 
writer myself, so it's really, I got to uh, learn a lot about him. Like, he, it took five years for them to do this film, so it's amazing. Five years, wow. That's a lot of development time, but shows you how much, how long it does it take a movie. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesy, and we're talking about the film's Miracles from Heaven. Alyssa wants to know, and we're going to be talking to Naeem and his visit to Blue Sky Studios. We're going to continue our talk to, about Zootopia with Abigail. Now, you mentioned you interviewed the writer. What kind of questions did you ask him or her? Well, I asked him, do you think there's going to be a second Zootopia? Because when he writes, sometimes the writers have something in mind about the writing. And I think the writers are, like, mostly, like, main, 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 like, I think they're everything that puts into the show. I asked him, do you think there's going to be another Zootopia? And he said that I really, really think that there's going to be another Zootopia because with all of the words they say, there's going to make a bigger and better world of Zootopia with all the like lands that you mentioned, Kiefer, all the lands, like the desert and everything. So I thought that was like, oh my gosh, I was so a big fan of interviewing him. So I was so happy I got to interview him. I would too. I mean, the writing in this was genius. Now, I would be interesting to see where they would go with this story because I don't know about you, I love the film by itself, and if they make a sequel, I'm up for it, but to be honest, I am in no rush, and I am in no, like, I'm not begging for a sequel for this particular film, but if we do, hey, more jokes, oh, more humor, and, yes. Oh, and actually, I asked him, did, like, Jennifer Goodwin, for example, and Nick Wilde, played by Jason Bateman, did they have to, like, go in separately, or, like, together? So, he said that they need to go separate, because I watched some of the clips, they actually did go separately, and the other casting directors and directors, like, said the lines for them, so I was amazed, like, how they did it. It was so amazing, so I I loved it. As in separate as mean voicing the roles, like recording the, the voice, right? Yeah, like, yeah, separate, like, just by themselves in the That's, studio, like, voiceover rooms, like, when people audition for it. That's interesting, because I don't know about you, I love animation films, and there's different ways of doing that. Some people like to have the actors in a different, in a separate booth, and they're just saying their lines. But I've seen some films where they actually put the actors together, and they go off each other. And I like that, in my opinion. I think that's a fun way for the actors to interact with each other and be able to get more character character interaction with that. But that way was is also that technique of filming an animation film is also very effective because you got the film that's actually, put in front of us. Yes. Actually, they didn't interact with each other. They did it separately, like all by themselves in the studio. And I felt like just by themselves, they made the, they made their character like the whole movie to me. It was amazing. I loved it. Totally. No, I understand. What I was mentioning was other animation films have done that. But this animation film, Zootopia, did it separately. And we still got a fantastic film. So what would you say, is this one of your favorite Disney films? I'm just curious. Yes, this is actually a Disney film. And I think all Disney films are, like, amazing. Because, like, Disney Channel, they made so many amazing things. Like, Disney with Nickelodeon was all, all Disney is all happy and all a lot of energy. And my favorite, all my favorite, all out of, like, every single Disney one, I love Zootopia. It's my favorite. It, this is my favorite one I've ever seen this year. I love it. Definitely. for It is my favorite Disney film. Actually, almost my favorite Disney film entirely. I love Fantasia. It used to be my favorite. But now with this, especially with today's standards and today's technology, I have to say it is could be one of my favorite films, favorite Disney films of all time. I mean, it's that good because of just Why? the writing. Why? Why is it your favorite movie why why is it your favorite movie whoa abigail's turning the tables around she's trying to take over my hosting job uh-oh this is scary she's already trying to take over well it's well because of my fear because this the message and the subject matter that is expressed during this film very subtly might i add and the animation is just bright colorful and the characters i mean it gets dark at some moments i like the dramatic moments and the comedy in this but and enough my, about yes and my favorite part of this is uh, actually i liked all at the bus station when it all changed like it all changed like different like the desert and then like the winter snow and then like the spring and then i saw the little uh, like animals like giraffes running with suitcases and pants and it was so funny 
I loved it. The writer and director made this film just come to life. It exploded out of my head. I actually thought the animated characters were real people. And actually, you would think that it would be real people, but you would forget it's real people because it's animals. So I think that's funny. Well, no. Sometimes with sometimes we, we have our animal instinct with things. Sometimes I feel as sly as a fox. Or when I have to be, I could be as cute as a bunny. So... I can see why we can confuse ourselves with different animals. Well, thank you very much, Abigail, for talking about Zootopia. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you. It's been a pleasure for you to interview me. Thank you. Well, please go check out Zootopia if you haven't already. It, you're going to love it. I'm just going to guarantee it. It's just one of the best films of the year so far. So please go check it out. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Let's take a break. And also, this show is sponsored by Alyssa Wants to Know. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon Appetit! Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Welcome back. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished speaking to Abigail about Zootopia, which was an adorable, adorable interview. Next, we will be talking about Alyssa Wants to Know, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, Friends Across Equestria, and we are talking to one of our film critics about their visit to Blue Sky Studios, where they were able to interview the director of the Peanuts movie. So right now, we are speaking with 10-year-old Naeem from Brooklyn, and we are talking about his visit to Blue Sky Studios and as he interviewed with the director of the Peanuts movie. So I was 
not able to see the Peanuts movie. I still want to, though. It seems very interesting. But my dad has this whole philosophy. He's like, no, don't see new movies. Don't see remakes. So I kind of have to see it without him knowing. But Naeem, overall, how was your visit to Blue Sky Studios? It was the most fun I've had for the whole year, I think, because I got to meet a lot of nice people like the director, Steve Martino, who gave me a lot of really good answers. And I got to learn more about animation, special effects, and 3D. Ooh. See, I love how Kids First allows me to learn more things about something that I'm passionate about. So I'm glad that you got to learn all this amazing thing stuff. So you said the director gave some great answers. Can you tell us about a few of his answers that he gave you? Well, he said that he was very passionate growing up. He loved to draw. And that's how he got into the business of directing, because he liked to draw. And then he liked to make movies like stop motion animation movies with his drawings. And then he got into the business of making long movies like the Peanuts movie. Mm, And what was one thing out of the entire experience and visiting and, and walking around? What stood out to you? That they had all their offices that they had. The offices were designed. So one of the offices was a movie theater. And it looked really realistic because it had movie seats in it. It had a fake popcorn stand and a movie screen. Interesting. It's, I don't know, when I think of offices, I think of like these cubicles and like, oh, here's a bunch of chairs and a big desk and here's a projector area. But it's interesting to hear that everything kind of has its own little quirk and and something that makes it separate from everything else. So did you get to see the film, Naeem? Yes, I got to see it before it came out and interview the producer, Paul Feig. And I also watched it on DVD when they gave it to us after we left. Okay, (laughs) big shot. Okay, I get it. So can you tell me a little bit about what you liked about the film? Well, I didn't really like Charlie Brown, the old ones. But when I saw the new one... I went back to the old ones and actually knew, like, the storyline, and I actually really liked it. So, yeah, it was really good. (laughs) It's kind of rare to hear that, like, you don't like something, and then you see a newer version, and then you go back to the older version. You're like, oh, I understand. I get it. I've never had that. So, (laughs) it's it's nice to hear that, because my dad, when I was younger, we would always watch the Peanuts together, and I would always remember, like, not understanding anything. Like, I would understand it, of course, but, like, I never understood what happened beforehand. So it's interesting to see all of it come together in this film. So what did you learn? I mean, I know that you said the animation and 3D, but what, like, specific things did you learn that you can take away from? How to draw Snoopy. Oh. They had a workshop that taught you how to draw Snoopy using three circles. And now I'm really good at drawing Snoopy. Hmm. And they taught us how to use the animation program called Maya and actually got the student edition of it. And I've been trying it out and it's really fun. Can you tell us a bit more about the special effects and animation workshop? Like what they have you do? How do they teach you? They had us watch the preview of the Peanuts movie in 3D with 3D glasses on. And then they talked about how how they had to convert it from 2D into 3D. And they had to, like, switch different cameras to make it faster or slower in some parts so the 3D would work. And while they were making the movie, they were it wasn't in mind that they were going to put it in 3D. But then when they actually tried to put it in 3D, it was really good. And I really liked it because when Pigpen was running away in the movie, dust came flying out of the screen and I kind of wiped it away because it felt really real. I've seen maybe a couple handfuls of 3D because I like to keep it far and spread out because when I do see it, it gets me like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And now knowing how they put it from 2D to 3D, do you have a different look on on 3D when you see 3D films? Well, I appreciate getting to see it more because they put a lot of hard work into the 3D. They put a lot of hard work into the movie in total, but the 3D, it took more time. They said it took about um, 
five months to put it in 3D. Oh. And so I enjoy it a lot more. See, I guess you learn something every day because me, being naive, I always thought that they would film it in 2D and then they would press a button and then... (laughs) Four minutes later, ta-da, you're 3D. So I guess that's I guess that's not how it works. I bet Kiefer is silently judging me, but that's fine. It's okay. So anyway, did you bring anything else home other than the software and the movie? Yes, they gave us a whole bag, a Snoopy stuffed animal, and a Charlie Brown mcdonald's toy and also peppermint patty toy from mcdonald's and a linus toy the linus toy was attached with his blanket and when you pull the blanket linus moves and peppermint patty she was she had a sled so like when you pull it back it goes forward See, I thought that you just went there and you, like, went through this tour and you're like, okay, bye, guys. But you got a bunch of stuff. You got a bunch of this goodie bag stuff. See, I think you should send that to me. But I'll, yeah, we can, we can, we can deal with that later. Okay, Robots, which is personally my favorite, my favorite, absolute favorite movie from from Blue Sky Studios. They have Robots, the Ice Age Collection, uh, Rio 1 and 2, Horton Hears a Who, and of course, the Peanuts movie, and Epic. So out of all these films, what do you think your favorite is? Well, I wasn't that attached to the Ice Age movies, but I really liked Epic when I saw it at my school during recess one day when it was raining. And I got to see the sneak peek of the new Ice Age and it was really good. I thought I thought that I'm not supposed to talk about it, but I just I'm gonna see it in theaters now that I got to see like the story base and got the director to talk about it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm glad that you have this new look on Ice Age. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we have talked about Zootopia, and we are going to talk about Alyssa Wants to Know, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, Friends Across Equestria, and we are now talking to one of our film critics about their visit to Blue Sky Studios, where they were able to interview the director of the Peanuts movie. So now let's continue speaking with Naeem, and we were just talking about all the different films that Blue Sky Studios has produced, you know, such as Robots, The Ice Age Collection, Rio 1 and 2, Horton Hears a Who, Epic, and, of course, the Peanuts movie. And I just wanted to say that I love Ice Age. For for some reason, I think it's different, and I think but I'm glad that you liked Epic and the upcoming Ice Age. So it's interesting to hear that, because I just learned that they were going to do another one. I was like, well, that's crazy. So how was the film interview with Steve Martin, the director of this film? Martino, well, sorry. Well, at first, I was scared because I've only interviewed one person before, and that was the producer of the Peanuts movie, Paul Feige. And I didn't, I thought I might mess up or something like that. But then after the first question, I got more confident, and I ended up asking some really good questions. What were some of the questions that you asked? Well, one of the questions I asked was, was he a good Peanuts fan growing up? And another one is, is he going to be working on any other movies after the Peanuts movie? And he said, well, the Ice Age movie. And I forgot the other one he said, but I know he's also doing one more. Oh, interesting. And the Peanuts movie, do you think that they will make a second one? Or or do you think they should make a second one? And if so, what do you think it would be about? They already have a lot of the Peanuts their TV shows, but the movie, if they made a second one, I don't think it would be as good because we already saw the first one and and all that and there are so many episodes and the Christmas special comes on every year and I don't think they'd have a really good topic to put in the new movie if they came up with a second one. But yeah. Yeah. So, who's your favorite character? Franklin, played by Marlene, Marlick, Marmar Mar Walker, mm-hmm. because he was really nice when I met him. He came to the tour at Blue Sky Studio, and I also learned that he came out with a new album. He's a rapper, 
and his dad gave me the album. And also, he was on one of my favorite TV shows called Lab Rats. And oh. yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Is there anything that you would have changed with your experience going to Blue Sky? Like a little longer, a little shorter, a little bit more learning? or I wanted to actually get to like, well, the animation, I repeat, I'm repeating, I really like that, but I wanted to learn like, if we had like a computer that we could actually do it on with the animator's help, I would want to do that. So it's like, you kind of get this little tutoring session, and then when they give you like the junior set with animation, you can go home and kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> if you could rate this experience of yours out of five stars, how would you rate it? I would give it five out of five stars. It was really good. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Naeem, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about your visit to Blue Sky Studios and talking to the director of the Peanuts movie. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it was in theaters, and it's now on DVD, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Alyssa Wants to Know from N-Circle Entertainment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Join us every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. 
Welcome back. I'm Brianna Hopiton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished speaking to Naeem about his visit to Blue Sky Studios and talking with the director of the Peanuts movie. So we will up next be talking about Alyssa Wants to Know and My Little Pony Friendship is Magic Friends Across Equestria and later Octonauts. So right now we are speaking with 13-year-old Jerry or Gerald from California about My Little Pony Friendship is Magic Friends Across Equestria. So, Jerry, can you please tell us what your thoughts about this is? I have very positive thoughts. It's a DVD. It's pretty much compiled of five episodes from the latest season of My Little Pony, the show, which is season five. And I honestly think this is the best season so far. I'm a fan of the show, and I enjoy these episodes greatly. Each of them have great songs, great animation, fantastic morals at the end. They compile a lot to the main story of this show and I enjoyed them all greatly. There's an additional episode which is actually the 100th episode of the show and it focuses on a lot of background characters that really the fans created instead of the show itself which was kind of nice because the show almost gave an episode dedicated to the fans mainly. And, and I guess that's very interesting to watch it and be like oh my gosh I sent that in or, or we came up with that and it's like you're in a little piece of of My Little Pony. So I have to ask, because if I don't, I would be a horrible interviewer, but who is your favorite pony? Mine is Rainbow Dash. She is actually not in these five episodes a lot, as much as the other ones, but she is a pegasus. She flies. She's the fastest flyer of the six main characters, and I like her because she flies very fast, and her like main kind of focus in the friendship area is loyalty, and I think that's a very important topic, and she stays loyal to her friends, and that's what I love about her. Jay, I'm, I'm sensing a deep passion for My Little Pony. I do have a deep passion. You could say I'm a brony, which is a male My Little Pony. That's adorable. I feel like you're going to kill me after this, but I have never watched one episode of My Little Pony. I recommend it. You know, a lot of people say it's for kids, but after watching the show quite a few times, a lot of the episodes, it's definitely, I think it could be okay for many people. I'll skeptical at first. I had somebody introduced me to and I was very skeptical but I fell in love with it oh yeah I was I was more of a like Adora and like Maya and Miguel and like Clifford (laughs) and and things like that that didn't teach you anything but you know what I'm glad that this teaches you something because friendship should always be cherished and I like that so if you could create your own pony like something completely different from everything else if you could create your own pony what would its name be and what would its power be okay it's a good thing that I've done this before on my own oh that's great (laughs) that's good (laughs) I would probably also do a pegasus because i just think being able to fly whenever you want is the best thing you can ever have and i'll probably name it something like lightning strike because fast as lightning and it just would be a very fast flyer he would be an extremely fast flyer that can go warp speed and he would be just kind of normal pony kind of just chilling flying around doing his thing interesting so is there any other messages that come through or is it just really like friendship is is bomb and friendship is amazing usually each episode has its own moral and they usually actually like do really kind of show you clearly what that moral is for example one episode maybe that together as a community you can be your best or something like that and the whole episode kind of builds up to that moral so there is that overall moral of friendship or something But each episode does show a specific moral, unless it's something like the 100th episode, for example, which is mainly focused on the fans. Oh, interesting. And can you tell me about that, about that show? Like, what was it like, or or how did they go about celebrating their fans? Yeah, so in the community of My Little Pony, a lot of characters kind of appear in the background maybe once or twice in the series, and then the fans take pictures of them or... They just look at them and they create stories for them. There's a lot of popular ones. There's even a pony based off Doctor Who who appeared in the show. And it was just a lot of fun. There were maybe six, seven background ponies, as they call them, that were on the main focus of the show. And it was amazing to see these ponies that you see maybe once or twice in the background the whole series have them in the show and in front of the camera for up to five, ten minutes. 
have their little light to shine. I I do think that if I sat down and watched My Little Pony, I would be very interested and I would do a little bit of a fangirl with it because I do love adorable things. And I love ponies. I mean, like, what person doesn't like ponies? If you don't, you're crazy. Anyway, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that you like it. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And today we are talking about Alyssa Wants to Do, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Friends Across Equestria, and Octonauts. So right now, let's continue speaking with Gerald about My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Friends Across Equestria. So we were just talking about all the little things, My Little Pony, and the 100th episode, and how it kind of celebrated its fans. So can you talk to me a little bit about the voiceover work? Yeah, so the voiceover, they really haven't changed voiceover since the beginning of the show, all those 100 episodes again. And it's really not that big. I, it's like, if you look it up, it's like four or five people. Uh, we have Tara Strong, who plays like the main, main character, Twilight Sparkle. We have Ashley Bale, who plays Applejack and a few other characters it's really it's it's actually kind of surprising how small the cast is and it's just amazing how these talented voiceover artists can do multiple different voices and i didn't even know that these voice actors did multiple characters until i looked it up it's very surprising because they do sound completely different so kudos to them and even after all five seasons and almost six seasons now yeah, it's still emotional, it's still original, it still sounds realistic, so kudos to them. They did a fantastic job. Voiceover to me with the entirety of animations and especially animations for younger audiences because there are animations that are just animations for other things. So can you please tell me about the interview of Tara Strong for Kids First? Oh yeah, that was a while ago now, but I did get to interview a lot of the cast and Tara Strong was one of them. I talked to her a lot and she talked to me a lot about how she really doesn't have a favorite. She's done quite a few different roles from acting to voice acting, many different types of voice acting. And it was just fantastic to talk to her and just to hear her voice and remember it so much and now recognize it that it was in multiple characters. Mm -hmm. And do you think that they're going to make another season? I mean, I know they're, they're almost at six, I believe is what you said, but how far do you think they'll go with this? Like, do you think they'll get to their 200th or 250th or do you think they'll stop? There's actually a lot of talking about if the show will ever stop. And I honestly don't think it will. The sixth season comes out on the 26th of March. I know that. And I don't think they're going to stop because the story is still evolving. There, it's evolving to multiple kingdoms in the land of Equestria, more and more characters, and the chain, the huge chain of the show is getting larger, and there are more characters, and it's just growing still, and I honestly think that it's going to be around for a while because the audience is still growing, it's never shrinking, people still love the show. See, and that's the benefit of starting with a very simple idea and being able to grow it so much, because you can go out of, you know, their land, and then you can add more characters, and and there's so many ways that you can go about expanding My Little Pony, so it's good to know that it can just keep going and keep going and keep going but never get boring it's like oh my gosh this happened and this happened and this happened and it's like and you know four seasons past this this happened and this relates to this and all this other stuff and yes i did notice that you knew when the next season was coming out kudos to you jerry a true brony (laughs) anyway why i'm skeptical about my little pony and i think if you know, you started being skeptical at the beginning, is I think it's going to be very childish and very baby-like. Is is that it at all, or is it completely different than what I'm thinking about? So, at first, like, at first glance, if you look at any pictures of it, or you watch maybe five, ten seconds of it, you'll at first think, oh yeah, this is for little kids. But once you delve deeper into the ideas it gives, there's a lot adult ideas actually there's a lot more mature deeper meanings that kids will never um, will never see but like fans who've watched the five seasons multiple times start noticing these more deeper messages and it's kind of interesting that uh, this is considered a kid show but its main audience is over 18 that's because of that it's kids show it it's a kids show but it has a lot deeper more mature meanings and i'm not talking like i'm just not talking from my experience a lot of other people agree with this yeah and and i think more people should know that it has deep like deeper um deeper messages and deeper understandings that are spread throughout its its episodes because 
I know now that it has a deeper meaning and each episode is not just for three-year-olds or four-year-olds. But I think many other people should know that because some people look at other people and they're like, oh my gosh, they like My Little Pony. That's so weird. But coming from you, it un- I understand now because there are so many different undertones and, and underlinings and, and all of these other things that appeal to the older audience that, again, as you said, the younger audience won't catch. But since they're younger, you know, they like it. And as they get older, they'll continue to like it because they uncover little things as they watch it over and over again as they love My Little Pony. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Friends Across Equestria. Thank you for letting me shine light about the stock pick. Shine light. Yes, it is now available on DVD, so please check it out, guys. Let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hobiton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's sponsor is Alyssa Wants to Know from N-Circle Entertainment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back to kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and we just got done talking about my little pony with jerry and we also just finished talking to naeem about his experience at blue sky studios and zootopia we're going to continue talking about Alyssa wants to know and octonauts Right now we're talking with Jerry and Morgan to talk about Lisa Wants to Know, generously distributed by our good friends and Circle Entertainment. So happy to have you guys on the show. So Jerry, um, tell me about what Alyssa Wants to Know is about. So Alyssa Wants to Know is based off of a series of Russian books made by, I really hope I'm pronouncing this right, Kur Bolichov. I think that's how you pronounce it. And it's something I've been waiting for for a really long time. A sci-fi series meant for kids. It's about this young girl living at the end of the 21st century. And it's about her adventures with her friends, learning important morals or just having fun. And I love this show. I love it because it's sci-fi. I love it because it's for kids. The animation is made in Russia, so it's beautiful and very unique. The camera shots are unique. And I enjoy it greatly. Now, 
Is this show dubbed in English and it was originally in Russian? Yes, it, it. this is a Russian cartoon dubbed in English. And I have to say, this is some of the best dubbing I've ever seen. It's good quality, it fits the characters. I didn't even notice it was dubbed until the second or third episode. So they did a pretty fantastic job with it. Yeah, dubbing is certainly hard, especially in, I mean, the only reason I've seen, the only way I've seen dubbing was Miyazaki films, and even the dubbing in there can be a little bit awkward sometimes, but here it sounds fantastic. So Morgan, what did you think about Alyssa Wants to Know? I actually personally loved this TV show, and I'm like now hooked after just watching four episodes, and I'm like, really hope that I can be able to get the books, hopefully, if they're in English, and that would be totally awesome, because that is great. And I think that this is just a great film. And I really liked the fact of how, like, it teaches us science. And sometimes it, like, it was really cute and adorable because at the same time the animation was really bubbly and just fun. And literally I just, like, felt like I was really in the future. And I could, like, literally, like, either jump through the screen or take a time machine all the way to the future and, like, literally be there, which was awesome. Well, it's, it's hard to get a time machine nowadays. If, if I know. Plutonium, it's... Because yeah, but it was also really cool because they had, like boots who like could that could fly and make them fly, and I would love to do that. And also, they had flying cars and stuff from like that would like be totally awesome. And I was like, yes, and like I would jump in there as soon as I possibly could and get one of my own. Wow. And I just like literally thought there was just so much fun stuff in there. Also, I really liked the way the architecture was designed because it was really amazing how they had, like, all these tall buildings and stuff surrounding the city. And that was just really cool how, like, you didn't really have to go through traffic because then you could, like, just hop in your flying car and, like, drive over all the other cars. See, whenever people say, like, we're gonna, when we have flying cars, we're going to abolish all traffic jams. And I, to be honest, the truth is, no matter what kind of method of transportation, even teleportation, we're going to have some sort of traffic jam. We're going to find a way. I mean, if we do teleportation, someone's going to teleport at the same exact time, and I'm going to have the top half of my mother and the bottom half of my legs. That's that's what's going to happen, I swear. So, Jerry, you mentioned there's a bunch of morals in this show. I'll tell, give a few examples of what kind of morals that this show teaches. Yeah, it's not as like big as some other things we talked about the, this show but there are definitely some morals in each episode. Like one moral is you can only solve your problems yourself. Don't put it on other people. That was actually from a cloning episode. Try to guess what that was about. And the other episode was about don't lie because there will always be consequences. And just a few other ones. They're not that big of a moral. And one of the main morals I absolutely love was don't let other people change you. You are only you can only make you what you want to be. And that was from an episode about implants trying to make you stronger, better, smarter. So there are definitely some morals, and I think they just did such a great job with each of them. You said they're not big morals. I would think lying would be a big moral to teach kids. Oh, yeah, I agree. I meant, like, the main focus of the episode isn't on these morals. Okay, I'm just thinking, like, whoa, all right, well, I guess... Yeah, never lie, never (laughs) lie. That's a terrible thing to do. Just clarifying, so hopefully you got that, that it's just not fully addressed in the show. Alrighty then. <laughs> so, Jerry, what is the age recommendation you give this show? It's There's a few more mature uh, topics or more mature, uh, mature references, so I give an age rating of 7 to 18. I do think it's perfect for kids, though. Fantastic, and what is your rating? How many stars do you give it? I give it 5 out of 5 stars because I, for one, love Russian animation. It's beautiful, it's bright, it's colorful. And the voice acting, like I said, the dubbing is one of the best I've ever seen. The story is original and exciting. The morals are important. So I think I'd give it five out of five stars. Well, that's fantastic. And Morgan, how many stars would you give this show? I'm actually going to give it five galactic stars because this is definitely about outer space. And I absolutely loved this film. I literally think that it was great and just wonderful. And I can really hope that they make more episodes and more movies because... That would be totally awesome, and I would definitely be watching them, because I am now hooked on this series, and it is just great. It also has amazing details as well, which I really liked. And like I said, I felt like I was in the future, literally. And only that, but they also encountered, like, cool aliens, like Duper, who is a troll who is absolutely just so cute and adorable that I could literally, like, 
hung him for days on end. So it was Fantastic. Like, well, awesome. I, I'm glad you really enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for talking about Alyssa Wants to Know. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you. And it's a pleasure talking with you too. Quite, you're quite welcome. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Alyssa Wants to Know, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Also, we talked to Naeem about his visit to Blue Sky Studios and also Zootopia. Right now, I'm talking with Samantha about Octonauts, Creature Encounter. How are you doing, Samantha? I'm doing good. How are you? Fantastic. So, uh, tell me a little bit about what this DVD packet of Octonauts gives us. Well, the DVD package comes with a DVD disc with eight episodes on it and bonus feature where you can learn about eight different extra creatures. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I love collecting DVDs. That's my passion. I love DVDs because... I love that feeling of taking something off the shelf, opening it up, and then putting it on the DVD player or the VHS player. Yes, VHS is still alive. Going to keep it alive. So with this DVD collection, you mentioned that there's some bonus features. What other kind of bonus features does this provide? Well, they show eight different creature reports. And in each episode, a creature report is basically when they take a deeper look on a creature. And so they give you eight different looks on different creatures that can see and kind of enjoy some more in-depth looks on creatures. Huh, in-depth? I saw that little pun you did there. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the ocean sea. We're going to (laughs) continue. So, I love oceanography. I just, we we haven't, we need to study more about the ocean because it's, we know more about space than the ocean, and it's on Earth. How is that possible? Well, there was some, it's, it fascinates me. So, what does this kids show provide children to learn besides just multiple different creatures in the sea? What other things do they teach them? Well, while watching these episodes, I noticed how they would show and talk about where they were in the ocean, which is like the sea floor, or if they were at the surface. And that's cool because it's not just the creature that they're talking about, which is what they talk about the majority of the show. So it was kind of refreshing seeing them talk about where they were in the ocean. And while watching that, I did have that question in my head sometimes. I would think like, oh, where are they right now? Like, where are these creatures that they're looking at? And they would answer those questions. And also, they would take a look at the different kinds of plants or that's around them in the ocean. So it wasn't just the creatures that they were talking about. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. No, I, I love learning about different creatures. I mean, learning is my thing. I love learning. So what does this show do creatively to teach kids about the ocean and its creatures? Well, this show kind of teaches kids without them knowing that they're actually learning, which is, for me, the best way that kids will learn things is the best way that I learn things. I think they do it well they had this one song where they were singing whenever they would take a look on a creature so i think that's one way that they do it they kind of like make a catchy tune so whenever you hear that you know that something's good about to happen and also they do it with funny characters and animation and it's also a kid show that you would see on any regular kids network so that might help the fact that kids see this and they think that oh it's a regular old cartoon and they don't know that it's actually very educational that's fantastic those are some of the best shows so Samantha, what would be your age recommendation for this? My age recommendation for this would be two to seven years old. And how many stars do you give this DVD package? I would give this DVD package five out of five stars because I really enjoyed watching these watching these episodes and I love how they taught kids things without them actually knowing what they're learning. Well, fantastic. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Samantha, for talking about Octonauts. You are welcome. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper C. Blakesley. Be sure to go check out our reviews on kidsfirst.org and also our blogs. We really work hard on these blogs. There's fantastic, wonderful discussions about film and its culture and the industry on our, on our website. Be sure to also check out our red carpet events and, of course, our radio show, which you have been listening to. Thank you for listening. I'm Keeper C. Blakesley, reporting for Kids First Coming Attractions, signing off. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids.